Hey guys, this is Oni Desai. Hi everyone, this is Shrutij Nathani. This is the first episode of Censored History. Yeah, she woot does. Woot. She does all the crazy. Yeah, so I'm the censored part of history. I'm and the history. That sounds <laughs> that sounds wrong. Like <laughs> not untrue though. Like yeah. all of you keep telling me that I am like I'm the old man of the group. Yeah, he's um he's more like the walking talking encyclopedia, spouting facts for no reason. Yeah, and she is the crazy person of the our group who can just you know pick up something and just go nuts with it all the time. And the one thing she does go nuts with half the time is art history. So if anyone has any questions about art history, you can just divert it towards her. Yeah, but I'm not a pro. I mean, I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm not a pro either. I mean, both of us are amateurs in our fields of yeah, expertise. definitely, definitely. So, can you just tell everyone what censored history is about and what we are going to try to do? Okay. So um we started this because we felt like we didn't study much in the history part you didn't study much i flung let's be honest i flung <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um we just we just wanted to make sure that everybody gets like a chance to hear about the things that they do not know about and then then they can research about it later on so and the idea of this is very simple that you know what when we studied history in our schools it was taught in such a dry and drab way that we don't understand how much history can affect us on an everyday basis so that's what we are going to try to do we're not going to go about uh, what this king did this or this kingdom came at this age and blah 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 what we want to talk about is these things happened these concepts were there and because of them our life today how those concepts affect us in today's day and age we are going to discuss those things so the first episode today we are we're going to talk about is which are some of the worst years to be alive and after living through 2020 i mean i don't think <laughs> we need to ask this question why we are talking about this okay so yeah 2020 was one of the worst years to be alive and yeah we survived successfully without covid without covid thankfully but like Let, let's see what happens in 2021 yeah. though yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i think the worst years to be alive i think as a woman <laughs> all years are worst for us may may the color or caste or whatever you can come up with any segregation that there is i think women have been bashed way too much yeah i like still are it's sad like we have a lot of history has just been about oppressing about 50% at least 50% of our population obviously it's always been more than that i mean even like men have hated on each other a lot as well yeah definitely but, like, yeah but it, one pattern that has been there is men have hated on women for some reason yeah which is which is strange considering you know a lot of the things that i still hear that there's so much uh, there there's some people are just so conservative it's i get very flabbergasted i'm not even kidding this is the word that i think i'll use flabbergasted because <laughs> oh my god like okay in indian uh, households most of the women are not allowed in the kitchen to cook which is very strange and i kind of you know went against it and told my grandmother like hey i'm not going to do this shit because very honestly this is shit and pads have been invented i'm not going to leave a trail of blood behind me okay so you mean they are not allowed to cook when they are on the period yes okay like you did not mention the period i'm like why what like when oh yeah menstruation let's yeah, okay <laughs> ouch yeah. uh, so like here's a here's a thing like we think that women across the world have just been screwed over hmm. which to an extent is also true let's not disagree but even in india for example if you look at it there have been parts of the country which 
were matriarchal so there were parts like where um women were not exploited as much or they weren't put down as much and i mean just saying that this is the high point is really something but um i think one more example i think that we can actually discuss in great detail hmm. about this like in the same country you can have like two places where one is completely anti women in a way okay. and another treats them with respect okay i think one great example would be and this is an example that i think a lot of our viewers outside india would be really interested in would be greece okay where surprisingly the spartans were the one who were you know pro women they gave their women rights and it was the athenians who were just like you know what women don't get any rights in our city state it's funny because on our social media we posted about this and i think somebody definitely took an offense that no it was not like that <laughs> so so the so the idea is that we think that athens was great like we think that athens was the birthplace of a lot of great philosophies which to be fair athens was a thinking city state yeah while sparta was a martial city state let's yeah. just call it what it is yeah but at the same time so okay let's just look at it from a from a different point of view mm-hmm. like the Uh, the athenians hmm. worshiped athena yeah who was a female deity yes the goddess of wisdom and yet and yet they treated their women so horribly the spartans on the other hand so they had their own gods obviously they also worshiped a lot of the greek pantheon but they also had the warrior goddess form of aphrodite okay interesting like uh, what so she was not just beauty and no she wasn't just beauty love and all things good that come with it but she was also the goddess of war okay now that in itself will tell you there is a fundamental difference between um, the athenians and the spartans because and it's not just that like women in sparta were treated much better much better than they were treated in athens okay um yeah i think i think um, i came across that and uh, i i think athens really made sure that women were like crazy which is be crazy i think that's where it comes from i mean i would like to think that where, <laughs> where it comes from so i have this really good article that i'm going to fish out from my laptop which is uh, from one of the wired.com's uh, um article which is called the wandering womb go ahead shitish react on it i don't even know how to react like what i need to see this what the fuck is this article okay so this is what it says uh, greek physicians were positively obsessed with the womb for them it was the key to explaining why women were so different from men both physically and mentally for hippocrates and his followers these differences could be all explained by a wandering womb i mean it makes sense that's the difference between a man and a woman a man doesn't have a womb but okay okay so this is so the entire article is kind of really funny and i think you should totally read it okay um what i really think that is another funny thing that okay so women went nuts <laughs> i meant nuts uh is because uh, their womb used to wander around in their entire body 
like this proves <laughs> that there were no women physicians yeah yeah totally how can your womb wander around your like okay imagine this i mean that's what they imagine like uh, the womb is like a giant bag <laughs> which is floating around in your body and if it's floating around in your body and reaches your brain the woman is most likely to go hysterical and they also prescribed sex as a medicine to stop the womb from wandering and so that the woman can get pregnant Yeah this this theory has and to be the... made by a guy. I mean there's no way like this is just the guy's way of saying you know what you should have sex. Also um because if if the woman got pregnant with you know the the baby the womb would start you know wandering around because now it has a weight in it. Okay so I think I get where this entire thing is coming from. Really? Uh okay I'll explain why I say that. I, I know really? this can this can be taken in a very wrong way. Okay. Uh Athens was like you need to understand one thing from the very beginning the size of your army decides how strong you are mm-hmm. the more citizens you have mm-hmm. and all these places had citizen armies mm-hmm. like their own citizens would like they would do whatever they wanted to do during the rest of the day during the time of the war the citizens would make the would join the army fight and then come back okay and get back to whatever they're doing so you need a lot of people Hmm. Athens in particular because it had a navy hmm. and naval war- warfare was much more brutal than land warfare right they needed a very big population and maybe that's why they came up with this theory because you need to understand one thing you can have one man impregnate an entire tribe but you cannot have one woman giving the complete next generation to the entire tribe i know this sounds really really sexist on the face of it but this was the theory that a lot of people actually went ahead with i know i'm going to get doxed over the internet for this definitely but um like if you go back even to roman history mm-hmm. even the romans some of the first battles that the romans fought were because they needed more women because rome as a city started and all these men who were like ostracized from their own cities or they were like thieves and all of these people they came into rome and they are like um we are not getting any women over here so the some of the first battles which were fought were for women so i know it sounds really bad and mm. trust me it does sound bad i understand that but at the same time this is just what it was like women were treated as baby factories by a lot of people they still are they still are treated as baby factories shitish that's not gone out of the whole system yet does that explain patriarchy like to, I, a, to I, a degree maybe it does i think so there was this really good take uh, if anybody has ever read uh, sapiens um, i have not no you have you should totally read it <laughs> so yuval noah harari explains how patriarchy came into our dna because the powerful or you know masculine women or rather the more uh, physically fit women <laughs> ended up dying out and the genes never got passed yeah that makes sense that does make sense the genes that were you know caring and more giving from the the man's side hmm. wasn't passed either hence the whole of oh, your men kind of stuck through <laughs> and, and the women kind of took the roles of nurturing people inside the houses because that's what men wanted to do because i i'm pretty sure women were stolen a lot but okay here's here's where i go slightly differently sparta did not follow this to that much of an extent did they Yeah no they did they actually trained their women um the same way as they trained the men So 
when you first told me it was a surprise to me honestly when you first told me that you know the spartan women were trained just as well as the men and but then when i looked back at sparta spartans considered themselves to be foreign invaders and the spartans always knew hmm. that if they were ever defeated they would be defeated by the by their own slaves who were in their own cities yeah but on the <laughs> So we put this question out. So if you can uh, go to our social media on Instagram and tell us our views regarding the Rome, uh, the Athenians. Sorry, not the Romans. The Athenians versus the Spartans. Who would you choose? Because on one hand, uh, Athenians did not like women coming to power. On the other hand, Spartan women were in power constantly. And uh, one of the good videos that Shudit showed me, where they said that Spartan women, you know, were they became rich. Uh, oh, definitely. So more rich women in Sparta encouraged. There were like really a lot of rich women over there, and they influenced a lot of politics. Yes, on one hand, uh, there were rich women, but also on the other hand, they had slaves. And it was not like they treated their slaves well. Like one of the things that the Spartans, Spartan boys, had to do when they were training was they had to go into the city, they had to kill a slave, and they had to come get come back to their uh, training yard. and they were punished if they were caught killing a slave but if they killed a slave and they came back it was part of their training so how would you prove that okay fine i'm training in the spartan camp i go ahead kill a slave come back and then i'm like yeah man i killed that dude or oh, do that maybe you just take a i don't know ear and just like this is the person's ear maybe this is disgusting or maybe you just remember that i killed this bugger's slave Because slaves were given to the people by the Spartan government, so. All right, fine. Moving on. So this is this is one of the debates that's never gonna stop. So the pros and cons of either being an Athenian or a Spartan, and we would like you guys to tell us that in our Instagram at least. The funny thing is, we didn't talk as much about women this time, did we? We just went into like which which was worse, to be honest. Yeah, but yeah, at the same time, of course, there are so many topics that we would like to cover in the future regarding women rights and. a uh, lot of other things that happened during history this was just one part of it like because i came up with the fact that yes women have to go through a lot of shit <laughs> throughout history we still are going through a lot no of shit sherlock yeah and uh, yeah that was one of the worst years to be alive i think being an athenian would be a worst year to like, be alive being an athenian woman would be really horrible yeah. and being a spartan slave would just be like kill me already they did Yeah, kill them. <laughs> I, I don't think we should be laughing at slavery, but okay. Yeah, but then her motto is um, "People died, history was made." So yeah. really sorry, we have a sense of dark humor. We're owning up to dark it. Dark sense of humor. We uh, we don't encourage it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we find humor in some really sad places. Yes, yes, that just says a lot about <laughs> us. Then you, if you're laughing, then it says a lot about you. Exactly, and. continuing on this quest of dark places to be in so when avni asked me this question that what would be the one of the worst years to be alive i just went with like which like let's go to history what do historians call one of the yeah. worst years to be alive and surprisingly enough a lot of the places i went to they just said 536 ad oh yeah that cropped up everywhere like every time i went and i'm like what was the deal with 536 ad because honestly even i was unaware of this and um i went there and so here's what happens 535 ad apparently there's a massive volcanic eruption somewhere near java 
now the theory is this was much 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 bigger than the krakatoa volcanic eruption which is considered one of the biggest volcanic eruptions in human memory wait what was krakatoa krakatoa was an island okay somewhere in java mm-hmm. and we know about this because uh, the dutch east indies company had a trading outpost in modern day jakarta which is the capital of indonesia okay and what and they heard the explosion over there now if we just check how far those two places are 158 kilometers so the distance between krakatoa and jakarta is 158 kilometers it is said the entire island was burst apart the people living on the island did not survive they heard this thing 158 kilometers away it was that big now the eruption that took place in 535 ad is considered bigger than this eruption 536 in 535 the eruption took place things okay. start shit started to go down in 536 ad wow okay but but nobody really knows when it happened as in the pit so we have the... uh, core ice core samples okay uh, in antarctica and in the arctic as well okay so that is supposed to give us a bit of an idea as to when this did happen but yeah we don't have like primary sources now this is from a book by david keys it's the book is called catastrophe and there's also a youtube video on this was was the the video came out first or the book came out first um so i checked the source which said the video came out first and then the book came out which i didn't understand how that happened but okay <laughs> okay so this is the first time no i think this is one of those times where oh the movie came out first yeah <laughs> Uh, again i'm not sure about this uh, let's just uh, not put it out there but so what happens in 536 ad so 535 the volcanic eruption takes place right 530 in 536 one year later procopius who is a byzantine uh, writer mm-hmm. historian he writes that the sun gives out light mm. but it gives out no heat mm. it's like the moon has risen in the morning okay now what happens when volcanic eruptions take place is that a lot of the ash is thrown into the air and that can stay in the air for quite a long time and if a lot of ash is gone in it stays for a lot of time now what that means is that the planet generally cools down which if anyone knows anything about agriculture is not that good of a thing okay like and that's exactly what happened famines took place across the world mm-hmm. britain had its worst climate apparently and britain having a bad climate is saying something i mean don't they always have a bla- uh, bad climate they had it worse than that <laughs> how much worse can it be yeah exactly that's what i was mesopotamia had uh, snowfall and when i say mesopotamia for anyone who doesn't know mesopotamia is iraq syria desert had snowfall arabia had famine which is maybe normal there but then it was followed by flooding in 536 china had a drought and a famine okay. because obviously no sunlight right and 537 there was massive snow in august so yeah shit storm basically oh yeah i have a fun uh, wacky fact about this okay So there's something called Fimbul winter in the Norse mythology where they say that there's going to be like there're going to be three winters back to back 
and uh, everything's going to die cuz you know nothing grows hmm. and that's what they thought during that time and uh, guess what they did to avoid it what did they do to avoid it so they took all of their food put it in the sea as an offering and so that they could get more food from the gods and that's how they died also somewhere in the seas uh, in nordic countries uh, there's a massive amount of gold buried there uh, because of these <laughs> this climatic disasters because that's you're like okay we are giving you gold please give us some food uh, but i don't think the gods came through so if anybody <laughs> is interested in uh, sponsoring us, us <laughs> this gold excavating trip we would be really glad or else you could just build us a time machine and send us there we'll just get it for you okay i have one question what the fuck <laughs> you do I not think... have food i mean in a very perverted sense it makes some sense in a very perverted way it makes some sense that like you give one grain to the ground it gives you like 10 yeah to the ground not the sea Yeah, it makes sense in a. I said it made sense in a very perverted way. I didn't say it makes sense. Yeah, but they gave it to the sea. <laughs> oh my god! That's oh the, that's, that's the sad part. That's so sad. I'm sorry. That's just sad. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's how the the really forward in there. <laughs> I think that's why the countries are way ahead because they're like, oh crap! What kind of shit did we pull off? We need to just turn this around asap. Wow! Oh, just wow! Just wow! I mean. <laughs> Already, you don't have food, and you're just throwing food into the sea. I mean, if there was ever a metaphor for religion, that is it. We're gonna get more hate for this. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Okay. I think this. We gonna. You're gonna cut this off. No, no, I'm not. I'm gonna let some <laughs> of it be out there. I guess. Okay, so here we're talking about just how climate affects um the people. so okay. many people are dying mm-hmm. apparently there is there is a theory that the the justinian plague which like decimated the byzantine empire that came, that took place because there was a famine mm-hmm. we will discuss this cycle of famine leading to plagues in a later episode uh, but apparently you just take our word for it right now uh so that there's that So already we are seeing that climate change is killing a lot of people. Right. But here's the here's the thing about history, and here's the thing about science. Whenever you say something, obviously people are going to disagree with you, and it's the same with this book, uh, where a lot of historians and archaeologists, and actually we talk to a few historians and archaeologists to just en- make sure that you know what whatever we are going to be saying is actually true, and even they disagreed with us to a large degree. Um. but what they said was that a lot of what this guy is writing mm-hmm. he is writing in such a way as he's trying to justify his own theory okay that the volcanic eruption caused a lot of changes okay now what i'm going to say next is one of those things okay but having said that i find this example really interesting because it just tells you how much history hinges on the smallest things okay like like i'm pretty sure um something so we were exploring this that uh, me and shitish were exploring this that we wanted to know what happened in india and we never got to that and i think lot of lot of people do not know what actually happened uh, in india during that time and we're still figuring it out 
and we got some data where um, uh, where there is dendrochronology which shitish can you be a dear and tell us okay so dendrochronology is essentially so every year the width of a, if you have, if you have seen any tree around you every year the width of the tree increases now that happens now if you cut a tree you see there are tree rings yeah and every year those tree rings actually increase in number that's how you age a tree that's how you say that this tree is this old now dendrochronology is simply the study of tree rings and the width of the tree ring can actually tell you how much growth that tree had in that year which can reasonably tell you how much rainfall happened that year because without rain there the like growth of the tree is quite difficult yes we all know that okay. i guess so you want to take this or should i take this no go ahead no go ahead okay so what happens is uh, around 550 ad we learn that the gupta empire in india died out around that time now recently in 2019 uh, dr shankar sharma from the archaeological survey of india actually came ahead and said that one of the reasons behind this could be massive flooding like what he found was that the silt deposition was too high in a lot of these uh, historical archaeological locations okay as we observed in arabia there was a cycle of famine which was followed by flooding so we decided to ask a question that okay if there was flooding in india do we have any proof for a famine and what we did observe we decided to talk to professor uh, santosh kumar shah from the birbal sahan institute of paleo sciences in lucknow and he directed us to a paper which is actually from a really old like 1500 year old tree from uh, lahul which actually shows that around the year 550 which is somewhere between 500 AD and 600 AD right the tree growth the uh, the the tree ring growth actually falls drastically and not just once this happens multiple times between these two years mm-hmm. now they, this is an indication again we are not sure about it this is an indication that rainfall in those years was less now again we are not sure about this and when we discussed this with an archaeologist he was slightly skeptical about this again we are stressing on the fact that this is a hypothesis from us yeah but there's a possibility that there is first uh there was first a famine which is proven by the dendrochronology report mm-hmm. records and then there was a flood which is proven by the silt deposition now right. if this is true this clearly falls into the indian history okay just that one volcanic eruption really really screwing all of us over but then we don't know and if anybody out there has data regarding that we would love to know what happened in the gupta period and oh, how did he how did the gupta period end because it's so just the, oh there was flooding and that was it so on the, the thing is the guptas were already on their last legs right. like it's not like the guptas were very powerful at that time like you need to understand something Hmm. There were a lot of kingdoms around the world which did survive this. Like the Byzantines themselves did survive the plague and the famine and everything that plagued the Byzantine Empire. But the Byzantine Empire was strong. Hmm. A similar thing can be said about uh, Khusrau Anushirvan of the Sasanian Empire, who was one of the biggest uh, rivals to Justinian of the Byzantine Empire. But that's a different story. His empire did suffer from the same Justinian plague. Hmm. but that still survived but on the other hand the gupta empire was pretty weak i think also that thing happened where ashoka was like i'm going to give up everything and i'm going to go now ashoka was way way before 
Oh, way okay. in the past like it's I've not even close like this we are talking about medieval ages ashoka was ancient oh ashoka was ancient damn yeah. all right i really got to study more yeah you need to study your history. i just have wacky facts yeah that's true okay so there's that there's an indian connect that we have possibly again there's a big possibility we are not sure about this but just i just want to put bring one more factor in and again this is a really tenuous thing but this just goes on to show, and i do not agree with this to a degree mm-hmm. but this just goes on to show you how history hinges upon the smallest things mm-hmm. so in central asia at the time there is a tribe of people called the avars right the avars are the greatest horsemen of their time like some of the technology they used was way ahead like using stirrups saddles bit in the mouth of the horse to help guide where to go i know it sounds really basic but they were the ones who actually started it okay their entire economy was based around horses horse mm-hmm. milk everything horse like, meat horse meat stuff like that and their entire warfare was based on horses mm-hmm. they had a turkic vassal kingdom now till that time the avars are completely undefeatable mm-hmm. but post 536 the avars are beaten by the turks the okay. avars are forced to migrate across central asia into europe okay and again 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 just 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 bothering the byzantine empire byzantine empire gets no like those poor burghers get no like history doesn't treat them well okay all i'm going to say okay um but the question that was asked by a lot of people is how did the avars lose and according to david keys and again this is disputed but okay. according to him the answer lies in the digestive systems of horses oh god did they get diarrhea shitij No, they did not get diarrhea. But you need to understand one thing: grass is not easy to digest. All right. Like, there's like cows have four chambers in their heart, in their stomachs. <laughs> <laughs> cows have four chambers in their stomachs simply hmm. to be able to digest grass. Okay. So that's called the place where it everything ferments. The horses apparently have this after it's absorbed. Mm-hmm. which makes no sense but that's how evolution works doesn't have okay. to make sense it just just has to work uh what happens is that when a famine takes place mm-hmm. the grass or the amount of grass falls the cows can still make do horses cannot because they need a lot more grass than the cows and that is why the avars were defeated by their turkic vassals because the turks had a much more balanced economy which made use of cows as well as horses avars were only horsemen now see this is what i like about history we all like to think that history is just based on very rational human beings acting in rational manner and just you know there's nothing up to chance i don't think that's what everybody thinks i think that's what you thought no i like there's so like this entire conspiracy theory idea <laughs> <laughs> it's just based on the thing that no there has to be some reason for it there has to be no reason for it history is full of cases where because a horse cannot digest grass i i know it sounds fantastical but let's just for a minute think this is what it is accept it at face value for a minute it's just so beautiful it just encapsulate what i love about history so much like sometimes it just hinges on the weirdest of things so if So if anyone wants to take something away from this episode it should just be history is weird like in the same country you have one city state which treats its women like shit 
and on the same city state like athens also had slaves but they didn't treat them as badly sparta did the other city state treats its women okay but has treats its slaves like shit you didn't know you were in there <laughs> you don't know what shit i started i kept saying that oh my god the part of just said shit <laughs> like Like Aristotle has the distinction of being the person who was wrong most, but was listened to the most as well. All right, guys, don't be the Aristotle of your group. Yeah, don't be the Aristotle. Yeah, but I mean, he was really scandalized with the fact that women in Sparta wore like you know like short skirts and like oh my god, her thighs are showing. This is disgusting. I think he was just sad by the fact that women in Sparta owned land, <laughs> and he's just trying to find. Didn't he have his own land? <laughs> No, he did, but you need to understand that, like, if Spa- Athenian women started asking for rights, do you know how badly it will affect society? How dare women ask for rights? Okay. <laughs> Now, right. for anyone who is slightly dense, this was sarcasm. Slightly dense, nice, nice, nice way to put this in a very British sort of a manner. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, this is what. Censored history is going to be all about. We're going to come up with wacky facts. We're going to talk about history. We're going to talk about concepts more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, we're going to put forth a lot of questions for you that you can answer and tell us. Like we would like to have a healthy discussion. We don't want to go pull out our swords on internet and go batshit crazy. All right. So yeah, if you have any questions, if you want us to talk about certain other topics and. Uh, Anything in general? Do you have any comments or critiques or advice? <laughs> or if you want to be on our show as well, that would be fun. If you are really into some kind of history that we are not into, and if you want to do a, a episode with us, that would be great as well. We are coming up with our website. We are already on Instagram. We will be soon on YouTube as well as Pinterest. I think they're gonna see this video on YouTube. Yeah, but like if they're seeing this video, we are already on YouTube. Um, I mean, we don't know, but we are also going audio, so we need to cover all our tracks. Basis. Tracks. Basis. Tracks. <laughs> okay, I'm also an editor, and this is really bothering me. It's called basis. We need to cover our basis. Fine, we're gonna cover all our digital basis. Yeah. All right. So, this was the first episode of Censored History. Thank you, everyone, for just tuning in. Yep. Next episode is gonna be about epidemics. So, yeah. Don't die, guys! And uh, just remember, people died, and history was made. Yep. And this is me and Shitaj signing off. Ah, uh, so this is me and Shitaj signing off <laughs> with a lot of shah and the sirs. But keep following us on Censored History Podcast on every channel that we have. See you soon. Yep. Bye bye. Bye bye.